Hi, Kat here, along with my co-host, Red. On each episode, we read and review phishing scam emails, since most of them read like a bad Hollywood movie plot anyway. Join us for a lighthearted laugh and some crazy phishing stories about all things scams. Gone Fishing is produced by me, Catherine Fish, but the content is thanks to some creative and terrible scammers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Gone Fishing. It is Kat here with my co-host, Red. Hello, everyone. And uh, we have a um, kind of a theme of a call to action with our emails today, but I'm not going to give any more away. So I'm just going to pass it off to Red if you want to kick us off with your email. All right. We're going to dive right into this. Um, My email is from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, all capital. Yeah. The FBI. FBI. Um, The email address tied to that name is info at jelenlet-jelenvagyunk.hu. So it's important. The official FBI email. Yes, it's important for the FBI to host their email uh, addresses outside of the U.S., of course. Yes. And here we go. Federal Bureau of Investigation. They have the whole like mailing address at the top. J. Edgar Hoover Building, 935 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C. Office of the Director, Christopher A. Ray. Notice three exclamation points. Oh, yes. The subject I forgot to say of this email is in all caps. Attention. Yes. So. Opening of the email, notice, three exclamation points. Our reference, and then there's like this weird, I don't know, reference. It says ref vibe, so there's that. Um, Ref (laughs) vibe number, and then it's a long string of things I won't bother reading through, just letters, dashes, numbers. Anyway, and then the only greeting was notice. They go right into it. We use this opportunity to confirm from you if really you have sent your doctor as a representative. However, we received an email from one Dr. Varani Bekti yesterday who told us that she is your private doctor and next of kin. Interesting. And that you died recently. (laughs) More interesting. (laughs) Intriguing. Um, she is my doctor next of kin and you're dead. I'm dead. Uh, (laughs) it goes on her contact details and then it gives an address and I'm not sure if I should read this, but I guess I will. (laughs) One, one, zero interglen Avenue, Rivervale, New Jersey. I'm curious. I did not look up that address to see if it's a real place, but I kind of want to. And I, deeply apologize if some random victim has had their house like taken um their address taken for this scam i will continue while you're looking that up beneficiary dr varani bekti so that's those are her contact details her address and that she is the beneficiary but from our finding we could not find any death record of you 
please confirm to us immediately that you are alive. Interesting. At least they didn't ask me to confirm that I was dead. That would be a little difficult. <laughs> I guess no reply is that answer. So if, yes. I, if you don't respond, they just automatically assume that you are deceased. Yeah, that is the email goes on to say, note that we are bound to recognize Dr. Varani Bekti's claim if you fail to properly respond. Oh, man. We decided to write to your email. And if there is no reply of this message from you within 48 hours, it will be assumed that her information is correct. Then we shall work with your representative and do what she has requested. An irrevocable payment has been issued by the United Nations, in parentheses, UN, and the international. Maybe that's our friend from the last episode. It could be. It very well could be. They're reaching out again to try and give us something. The International Monetary Fund on your payment. However, we are happy to inform you that based on our recommendation slash instructions, your complete compensation fund of U.S. dollar four million shall be released to you through a secured certified mode of payment. This payment is to help you fight the current situation and stand on your feet again for a better future. Wow. I'm not sure what that second half of the email actually means, but God bless America. Yes. In all caps, you are advised to follow this instruction strictly. (laughs) Contact Agent Aubrey Farrar Sr. or Agent Michael. Uh, email <laughs> agentmichael.fbi at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, yes. Best regard, Christopher A. Ray, director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay. Two, two fact check points before we get into the content of the email. I did confirm yes. that Christopher Ray is the current director of the FBI. Good to know. And, it says so in his email. So, yeah. Well, that's true. That is true. Um, and the address that was given to you in New Jersey is a residence and it is a cute little cottage. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, dear. According, <laughs> according to Zillow, it is not for sale. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. Someone is taking their address and using it for phishing emails. The so. FBI. The FBI actually is using At your gmail. house. <laughs> yes. My goodness. Oh, man. Where to begin? Well, this is, this is interesting. Um, what, are, what are your takeaways here? <clears throat> A lot of questions. First, why would my relative slash private doctor contact the FBI to tell them that I was dead? Unless I were a fugitive. And then maybe that would make sense. Second... Yeah. Why does the FBI want to give me money? Because the FBI has nothing to do with the Department of the Treasury in the U.S. government. Um, I, I'm very confused by this just, email. There's just so much going on. And um, I like the little the little patriotic bit about helping me to, through this crisis and getting back on my feet. Yeah, it was very kind of them. Yeah, they're on my team. No, I agree. I this email is very confusing. Um, Yes, my doctor, which by the way, 
character is capitalized every single time. So <laughs> nice. very important. Um, my doctor and next of kin. Yeah. Uh, they pause, let him know that I'm dead. Pause right there. That doctor. What was the, what the doctor's name again? The doctor's name was Verani Bekti. Dr. Bekti is not my next of kin. I know that. Right. I happen to be alive, right, as a recipient. Like, I would know if Dr. Right. Bekti was my next of kin. And if they're not, then that right there, your whole thing falls apart. Yeah, I think maybe that's like they're trying to scare you with this person is claiming to be your next of kin and your doctor, oh. I guess. And that's why it's like, you got to contact us. But then that's where it falls apart for me because it's yeah. like, okay, this isn't my doctor. This isn't my next of kin. I don't know who this is. Also, I'm alive. Also, I am alive. Um, but if I don't respond within 48 hours, they're going to let this person see. They're going to recognize their claim. But we don't know what the claim, I guess... I guess the claim is for the money that they're talking the, about. The $4 million or something. Yeah. But an irrevocable payment issued. We are happy to inform you. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we're supposed to assume that this money is being sent to us, but we are dead. And so as the next of kin, it, it goes go to the doctor to them. Yeah. But somehow they know about this payment and I don't. And then they're trying to steal it from me. I guess my, it's the plot. Yeah. My other question is, though, well, the word irrevocable is confusing because it makes it seem like the transaction is going to me regardless. But I guess they mean it's irrevocable to the next of kin if I don't claim it first. I guess. But my follow up question is, if the FBI signs off that I am deceased, do I have to pay taxes? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they can't find any record of of us being dead, but they're just, I mean, if we are, we are, I guess right, that's right. their, yeah. It is what I it guess is. That's, yeah, that's one way to get off the IRS's list, I guess. <laughs> that's a good question. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this plot, I guess I'll go into my score. Yeah. Um, so for attention grabbing, I will say attention literally is the subject line it was in the and name yeah that's it all <laughs> caps and it's from the federal bureau of investigation so attention grabbing yeah it's attention grabbing i'm gonna do a solid nine like wow yeah nine out of ten attention boom for believability I'm gonna this i mean i don't feel like this is very believable there's grammatical errors the formatting is okay, but, and they do try to, you know, they've got the, the address of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. As you looked up, it is the correct uh, name as the director. It is mm -hmm. Christopher. So that's correct. They have an interesting reference number thing that makes it look official. Like if you get like an email from Amazon or something oh. like, you know, it's got that serial number going on. So, or I'm sorry, reference vibe going on. So. That part, I appreciate. The content itself is not believable. I find it very confusing. There's no, I mean, 
I'm told to let them know that I am alive. And that's it. So that's Blink twice. Uh, yeah. Let them know. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it almost feels like they copy and pasted like two different scale, like half of one and then half of another one almost. Like because the flow just isn't confused. there. Yeah, the flow of the email is very abrupt and choppy and doesn't really make sense. And if they don't seem to know what's going on, I don't know how I'm supposed to know what's going on. So believability, story is not good. It took us too long to figure out the plot of this this email. I'm going to say three out of 10. It's not the worst. There are the nice little touch details, but this not great. Um, As for call to action or charisma here for C, again, all they want me to do is say I'm alive. You are advised to follow this instruction strictly. But again, and then they tell me to contact this agent they haven't referenced before. Contact Agent Aubrey Farrar Sr. or Agent Michael. And (laughs) there's no way for me to contact Aubrey Farrar because there's no email for them. So there is an email for Agent Michael. Mm. It's straightforward in or simple, I should say, in what they want me to do. Low risk demand. Yeah. Uh, low risk, mm-hmm. low demand. It's not a lot of confusing step-by-step instructions. It's just tell us you're alive. So that's fair. Um, but I don't really understand where the money is. I don't understand the money component. I just see a big money number and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm getting money, but I don't know why there's no reason that I'm getting this money except to get me back on my feet to fight the current situation. I don't know if I'm fighting this doctor. Is that the situation? I'm fighting the doctor. I'm fighting that I am dead. <laughs> I, <laughs> is it world hunger? We don't know what the I cause don't know. is. Is it this housing market? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Gas prices? What- Yeah, I don't know what the the situation is. Um, I do like the vagueness of that, though. I'm going to start using that phrase, the current situation, um, (laughs) more often. But no, the call to action is, I'll give it a a four. It's easy, but it's, it's simple, but it's not clear. And I think there's a distinction there. So that's my long winded scoring. And What about you? I want to hear your scores. For attention, I'm going to go with probably an eight. So similar to you, simply because, I mean, it's it's in the subject. Attention. Okay. Yeah. But then when you open the email, it's like, okay, okay, this is interesting. Um, There's a lot of a lot of words and turns and this whole like, we think you're dead thing is interesting to me so that's attention getting so i'll give it a solid eight but then when you actually read through the whole thing and as we've picked at this um it didn't take long to fall apart and was really confusing overall believability it's hard for me to buy that the fbi is singling me out in an email from the director of said fbi that wants to give me $4 million because, again, FBI doesn't have anything to do with money. Right. And I don't have and I have never had a doctor of this name. No one thinks that I'm dead. And then the yeah, the whole you could contact this agent or that one. <laughs> 
And it's a different email address and the FBI uses Gmail, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> so costs. the whole thing just, and then there's like that, that bit, like you said about the, this fighting, this, whatever cause that we don't understand. So it, it falls apart pretty quickly. And by the end, I'm just kind of like, what, what, yeah. is, what am I supposed to do? What's, what's the storyline here? It doesn't make sense. Um, there's a cloudiness not a curiosity that's the way i would say it like i'm left with a cloudy i don't understand what's happening but not necessarily a curiosity or like an engagement it's just like i don't know what i just read i'm more annoyed because it's like i can't i really wanted to understand what you were saying but i just can't (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely and then for the call to action um I'm going to, oh, for believability, I gave it a three. And for call to action, I'm actually going to give it a two because. Wow. Yeah, this one was really, really low for me because we're the whole concept of of like claiming a monetary reward by just simply stating that I'm not dead seems (laughs) really strange to me. I've never seen like an Instagram giveaway that's like, all you have to do to enter is let us know that you're alive. <laughs> that's like not a thing. True. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry there. Overall, 14.5. Nice. Out of 30. Out of 30. So less than half again. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty brutal on this one. I've, I liked the effort though. They had a lot of different potential plot threads and directions that they could go with that, but um, it fell short. Yes, agreed. At least the atten- the attention is the only part that got their score that high. Yeah, I mean, Otherwise, anytime, anytime you put you put that sense of fear in a subject line, gets interesting. Yeah. What do you got for us now, Kat? So to follow up on attention, this subject line reads urgent reply from Mr. Musa Ali. Musa Ali 0111 at gmail.com. Okay. And um, I will just make a quick note that it in the two line, it says undisclosed recipients, BCC, and then it came to the actual recipient. So there it got sent to, I guess, an email group or some group of undisclosed recipients. So right off yep. the bat. That's okay. <clears throat> but it begins like this. Dear friend, I know this means of communication may not be morally right to you as a person, but I also have had a great thought about it and I have come to this conclusion, which I am about to share with you. Next paragraph, all caps, the word introduction. Mm. I am a assistance. And in one way or the other, was hoping you will cooperate with me as a partner in a project of transferring an abandoned fund of a late customer of the bank worth of $18 million US. This will be dispersed or shared between the both of us in these percentages. 55% for me and 45% for you. Contact me immediately if this is all right for you so that we can enter in agreement before we start processing for the transfer of the funds. If you are satisfied with this proposal, please provide the below details for the mutual confidential agreement. Each of those words was capitalized. Number one, they have it listed out numerically. Number one, full name and address. 
Number two, occupation and country of origin. Number three, telephone number. I will wait for your response so that we can commence on this project as soon as possible. Regards, Mr. Musa Ali. So he wants to take some dead person's money and split yes. it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 55% for him, 45% for me. Interesting split there. It's like very not 60-40, not 50-50, right in between those two. Like yeah. just slightly more than you. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> but at least they split it correctly. I mean, that isn't yeah, that's an true. actual split. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Interesting. Okay. Um, dear friend is interesting. So Very cordial. They, they like to believe that you know them and they know you, I guess, or mm-hmm. at least it's friendly. Um, interesting. It's very short to the point. Um, I think the whole, like, this may not be moral to you as a person or something <laughs> Yeah. Um, to communicate in this way. And it's like, I'm less worried about you sending me an email than I am about you trying to like money launder $18 million from your company. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of the two. <laughs> the email is the, is the moral dilemma there. Right. Right. Yeah. Like how inappropriate. Wow. This really should have been a Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) This could have been a text message. Yeah. Um, So I thought that was really funny. Um, But it's short. It's to the point. You know, he wants to share this money with you. I guess there's not really a reason why, which is interesting. But I I mean, again, it's brief. It's to the brevity of the email. They keep it brief. They are straightforward and they just want you to, what, what was the call to action at the end? They said like, he, um, or let they you know, wanted me to send back the information, the full name and address, occupation and country of origin and telephone number. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It was all three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do want more information. And I will say just looking at the format of the email, it looks pretty well laid out like the little list that they gave had some nice like symmetry to it the mutual confidential agreement verbiage just sound like a real thing yeah the email sounded okay too mm-hmm. like the address it came from like yeah it was just like the person's name like at gmail like i i feel like i've seen that email like of people i know that are legit mm-hmm. like a their name with like a couple numbers at the end like that's pretty zero zero one i think or whatever that's pretty normal yeah so like that's believable it's not mine which was like a bunch of jargle nonsense but yeah. it's the fbi right. <laughs> so <At> gmail.com <laughs> so yeah what do you score this one for attention getting um i'm gonna give it probably a six because urgent reply like would be eye catching, but it also kind of sounds like, um, like a spam email, you know, mm-hmm. like urgent reply to get this coupon or we have a sale and it's only for the next six hours, something like that. Like, it's kind of like, eh, is it urgent? I don't know what this could be. Um, but then <laughs> yeah, the dear friend is like, Oh, that's nice. And then the first paragraph is, I just think it's funny. 
that they like gave it a great deal of thought that this email might be of a moral dilemma. And maybe, maybe the communication they're talking about is the giving me money, like basically taking money from a person at the bank. Maybe that was the moral dilemma that they were referencing, but either way, attention getting, I'm only going to give it a six. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause once you open the email, it like, kind of just looks like a normal email. Except for the introduction to the first paragraph. That yeah. was funny. Um, for believability, this one is actually a little bit better constructed. And so if, I mean, obviously I know that I do not know this person and anyone would know that they didn't know who was sending this to them. And of course the tip off is that they're asking for country of origin. They make yeah. a special note of like what country's currency that they're requesting, which is U.S. currency. Um, so there's a couple like indicators that this is a foreign email. So mm-hmm. for but if I wasn't paying super close attention to the first paragraph, it wouldn't seem strange. So for believability, I'm going to give it um, I'm going to give it a five. And then for the call to action, it's very well laid out and it's very clear. I know exactly what information I need to give, but it feels like a lot. Like it, they're asking yeah. just too much for me to be like, nah, too much work. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, and why would they need to know my occupation? That seems funny. So for clickability, call to action, charisma, I'm going to give this another five. Okay. Yeah, I, so for me, for attention grabbing, I'm pretty low, I think, which may seem hypocritical that I gave attention a nine, but I feel like urgent reply agreed just sounds very like clickbaity, mm-hmm. like in your email, like very, yeah, like it, like it's like a promo for some business mm-hmm. that you gave your email once so you could just get through the line faster. Um, yeah. and so I don't love that. So I'm going to give it like a, like a two. I just, okay. eh. not feeling it. Yeah. Just like use the little like importance, like set importance on your email. If it's an urgent reply, you know, right. but, um, yeah, so I'm going to do a two for, for that one. And then for B for believability, I do think it's, it's not believable, but it's brief, which is nice. They don't give you a bunch of, they don't endlessly tell you why they're sending you this. They're just mm-hmm. like, I want to steal $18 million. You want in? Like, yeah, right. that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, there's no, like, my family died. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm an I'm orphan. And, like, I remember meeting you at some random thing 20 years ago. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just like, I allegedly know you maybe and let's rob a bank. So (laughs) (laughs) my bank. And (laughs) so I like that, but it doesn't feel believable in the sense of like, like that he would just have access to steal $18 million from his bank. And then like you said, like if, if this person allegedly knows you and wants to call you friend, um and be like personal in a way with you but then they ask for your country of origin <laughs> right and your address it's like shouldn't and you full name <laughs> and your full name yeah like shouldn't you know these things 
at least my country of origin and my name, if nothing else. So it doesn't feel very believable in that way. So I'm going to say like a three for believability. Um, They don't make excuses, which is nice. So that part I like. There's not a big big backstory of unnecessary information or sympathy like tied to it. It's just straight. So three Mm -hmm. and then clickability, charisma, uh, letter C, um, the call to action. Yeah, it's... At least they tell you what they want. They are very clear. I need these things. Here is a list, bullet point of things I need, which is helpful, I guess, like for understanding what they want, as opposed to just please tell us if you are alive. Uh, (laughs) So I do like that, but it does seem like a lot of work. It seems questionable. Like, why would I give someone my address and all of that? So Mm -hmm. that one, I don't know. Like, at least it's clear. I'm going to say it's a four. I'm going to give a four for that one. But overall, this email, I think, is pretty low for me. The attention is just not there. It's not believable, even though it's entertaining. And I don't feel compelled to to respond at all. One last note that I just think is funny that I didn't comment on um, is the fact that this person refers to this scheme as a project. Something Mm. about that seems like almost more maniacal but also <laughs> like oh it's just a project like <laughs> like it's not a crime it's not mass like it's not a mass 18, felony it's it's a project. 18 million dollars is just it it's a project yeah just another just wednesday yeah partner project partners just like yes. <laughs> yeah oh I love but that. The, the combined score for this one our abc rating was 12 and a half so Yikes. Bing, bing, bing. Winner to Red's email today with 14.5 wow. score. Some low balls, but you know, that's all right. The Federal Bureau of Investigation wins this round, I guess. Mainly yeah. because of their attention. Mainly because of the subject line, which was just attention. Yeah. I mean, if, if you take anything away from this episode, it's use that for a subject line. Yeah. So now that we have uh, critiqued and rated these obviously scam emails, uh, Red, I believe you have a story for us today of a real life scam. I do. Um, I found this one that was called, the title is How to Put a Fake Island on the Map. And I I saw this title and I was intrigued. And then the the subtitle is Frisland never existed, but for centuries, people wanted to believe that it did. And I just love that. So 10 out of 10 attention grabbing, even though we're (laughs) not rating these, but that's (laughs) scammers take note. That's how you do it. Um, So I'll read the beginning. It's kind of a long article, so I'm not going to read the whole article. I'll summarize it. But the opening is very informative. So it says in eight, or I'm sorry, in 1558, a Venetian named Niccolo Zeno invented an island in the Atlantic Ocean. The rectangular island dotted with cities with Italian-sounding names like Forlanda and Sorand rested just south of Iceland, bracketed by Norway to the east and the mysterious Estadeland to the west. And Estadeland, I'm probably not pronouncing that right. I do apologize, historians, <laughs> but um, is basically a New England area, kind of like up by New York uh kind of area generally can we bring Uh, that back i'd like to vote on that 
I love it. Yeah. Once I know how to pronounce it, I'm in. It looks cool on paper. Um, (laughs) Zeno called the island Frisland and claimed that two of his ancestors, Antonio and his brother, Niccolo, so sharing the guy's name, uh, but from different generations. So Antonio and his brother, Niccolo, had discovered the island in 1380. Zeno also went on a step further, declaring that the Venetians had discovered the New World, labeled Estadaland on the map, a full century before Columbus uh, from Genova or Vespucci's Florence could claim the prize. So essentially, um, historians have done research on this guy. He wrote a book about this, where is where the island like came from. He wrote a book about this island and about discovering the new world and how his ancestors were the ones who actually discovered these things. And he included a 15 generation family tree, like to back it up as like evidence of its legitimacy. And he goes into, there's like stories and he claims that he found all these letters from his ancestors uh, when he was a child. Um, And these letters were like, or a journal or letter. I can't remember. I think it was letters. Yeah. And then he, he says like, oh, but I was a kid. And so like I tore him up and so they don't <laughs> exist see. anymore. Oops. Um, but I remember them all. So mm-hmm. like interesting claim. But yeah, so he writes this book to try and bring back to life what was lost in those letters um, from his ancestors and take claim for finding the new world uh, before Columbus or, you know, the yeah, all of that. So very interesting. It definitely secured his place in history. People continue to include this island on world maps up until the 20th century or even within the 20th century. Um, Yeah, so it was included and that's been kind of the the curious part of this whole situation is like, why does this island continue to be included on maps for so long? Like, why do people continue to believe in this island when it doesn't exist? And like, now we have satellite imagery and we can be like, this does not exist. Right. But for, it was always on maps and like sailors would say, make claims that they had seen it when they were sailing. Um, and it was continued. And part of the reason was, so like in Italy, Italy was losing its um, title as like a naval, as the naval power of Europe. Mm-hmm. around that time um as queen elizabeth the first was kind of you know building up the english navy and england was becoming the the naval power of europe so it was kind of like a a city and national like pride thing to be like oh but yeah that you know we might be losing part of our navy but like hey like we discovered the new world it Frisland wasn't Spain, it wasn't portugal <laughs> like it was us and like our people like we discovered the new world and we discovered this island And then (laughs) later on, um, Britain claimed the island (laughs) or like a naval uh, officer, like claimed the island for Britain, even though they had never found it yet. Um, They just called it. Yeah. Yeah. As England did. Um, (laughs) And it just continued to be put on maps because people claimed that it existed and no one really challenged it. It wasn't seriously challenged and it was just convenient for people's narratives. You know, like uh, European explorers wanted that island to to exist because it was another symbol of like unclaimed land and like, you know, or like uninhabited. Yeah. Like it was like more territory for European expansion. And so they wanted to believe it existed and it fit the narrative. So it just didn't get questioned. And then eventually it did get questioned more and more over time. And, you know, obviously as technology and the, 
the world as a whole was pretty much mapped out. They finally were like, this island just doesn't exist. But for a long time, it did. And it secured Niccolo's place in history because his book was an important part of like local culture, like Venetian, like, you know, it's yeah. like a, a famous uh, historical artifact from, from Venice and part of Italy. And it was interesting to people who were, you know, sailors, explorers, like it was because it was this whole narrative. Like it was, it, they had whole narratives about like people living in the new world and their description of like native Americans and whatnot, even though like it wasn't real, none of it was real. So do you think, do you think this guy like went to his grave believing that this was real because he had spent so much time in this narrative he had created? Or do you think on his deathbed, he was like, ha, gotcha. That's a, you know, honestly, I don't know. It's, I wouldn't be surprised if he like convinced himself, essentially. Like if he got so caught up in the narrative and it also like elevated his personal, um, like popularity and like yeah, his status his yeah exactly like in during his life was like oh like he's related you know like his ancestors discovered the new world and they found this island that no one else has ever been to and so like on a personal level it benefited him so he might have just kind of taken on that persona for so long that it just became his reality even though it wasn't the real reality i think that's very possible but who's i mean who's to say i mean we know he didn't deny it because yeah it got passed down for centuries as like historical a historical document yeah Yeah. so so that in summary is how to put a fake island on the map what a scammer his scam lasted from the 1500s until the 20th century mid you know early to mid 20th century so that's like 500 years basically i would have given him like a full 30 of 30 for our rating scale like that's attention grabbing the man wrote a book that has believability and then obviously the charisma is like or clickability like yeah 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 frisland is a real thing for sure yeah and i mean like whole governments like were like not fighting over maybe like militarily, but, you know, laying claim to this fake piece of land. So like, it was believable enough that people like whole governments were like invested in the reality of this island that turned out to not be. So yeah, solid, solid scammer. I mean, you got to hand it to him. He He made it past his time. He did. And we're still talking about him. (laughs) <laughs> exactly we're talking about him right now so who's the real winner i guess <laughs> <laughs> what a legacy man well red we've had some good content today absolutely so much so uh well actually such terrible scams <laughs> oh yeah terrible <laughs> the island one that one was good but yeah these emails whoo guard your inboxes folks yeah for real yeah Crazy. Well, thank you so much for bringing your story and your um, your email reading. Yeah, it. absolutely. You as well. It was it was a good time. I wish that someone wanted to give me eighteen million dollars. Maybe more legally, that would be a, a factor. But you know. Yeah. Hey, all you gotta do is reply and say you're alive, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I just hope no one's using my my personal address on scam emails. That's what I hope. I know. It's. I wonder if they've gotten any like weird mail show up or any letters written in. Like I'm alive. What? I am alive. You get an email or you get a like a letter, and that's all it says. And you're that like, that would be terrifying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would actually take that to the FBI and be like, "What is this? I yeah, someone's in trouble." <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Alrighty. Well, we'll be back uh, next time with some more. So until then, we'll see ya. See ya. Thanks for going fishing with us today. Make sure to like and subscribe and follow our Instagram at gonefishingpod. That's fishing with a PH to see the emails we're reading and for source materials. Also, DM us your phishing emails so that we can do a reading and review of the junk in your spam folder too. We'll see you next time.